This week on The Reverse Stick, AHL kicks off again and Stephen Finlater is with us to preview this season's competition. There's our first look at Hockey One and we're warming up for the Olympic qualifiers. And welcome once again to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name's John Lee. Joined by Matt Allen. All right, there we go, folks. Good to be here again. What's this one, John? One one four. One one four. Thank you for joining us. Uh, how you going? Yeah, not too bad yourself. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's been a busy hockey week. Haven't got my eyes on too much hockey, but yeah. Uh, administration, administration, administration. Um, uh-huh. Are you uh, you feeling the nerves just yet? Uh, not really nerves because I've been too flat out doing a whole pile of other stuff that has nothing to do with hockey. Well, I'm looking forward to talking to you more about hockey and your impending state debut, which is about 24 hours away from now as we record Less. on Wednesday. Well, Five o'clock the... tomorrow afternoon. Well, there you go. Uh, so By the time people hear this, I will have done and dusted it all. Brilliant. And so keep an eye out on our social medias on yep. Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and maybe on YouTube if we can get things working and, and posted up properly of... Uh, Daily diaries? Is that what we're aiming for? Won't be daily. Okay. I'll do one before it all kicks off tomorrow, and then uh, one after every game. Okay, perfect. Just let people know how it all went. And maybe a few little select bits for our Patreon subscribers as well. If you want to get some of those exclusive bits, you can join our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick. Thank you you to everyone that does. Behind the scenes. Yeah, behind the scenes stuff, you know, in the changing rooms, the... are they handing out the uh, the DP or the Voltaren for free down there? I don't know, but we've got a team physio. Well, there we've got you a go. full time physio, so that's looking forward to that. Yeah, we're looking forward to a rub down. Beautiful. I've never had a rub down after a game. No, no, never. Not once in my life. I think we should probably move on. News. Where do we start? How about Matt? If I can uh, just. Turn my head away from the microphone and look at my computer screen. So we are, we're, we're working through the new desk. We're on the Rodecaster Pro, but we are just on the one road mic at the moment. But I think in the next couple of days, it's going to get very sexy with headset mics and things in there. Oh, job. very, it'll look very cool in a photo. Um, Air Asia Women's Junior AHF Cup in Singapore. The no, winner. No, we did that last week. Did they win that? <laughs> yeah, Singapore. I think that? it was two weeks ago. Oh, well, I'm a bit behind. This, see, this is how much attention I've been paying to hockey, unfortunately, <laughs> in the last week or so. I've been very, you know, you know. Okay, what else have we got? Uh, let's go forwards or backwards? Backwards, backwards. We've got the Indian men uh, playing against Belgium and Spain in Belgium. Um, we covered the, the Belgium games, uh, the first game last week, didn't we? Um, they've uh, subsequently gone on to to beat them 2-1 another win for India in a, in a fuller strength side than in the initial game um, and two games against the Spanish men as well um, big scores for the Indians there oh they'd be happy with it yeah and, and I think I mean, pretty much full strength Spanish teams um, runners up in the Euros but India are still ranked well fifth or sixth in the world <laughs> you know you'd expect yeah. them to be beating the Spanish as well oh, I, I think that those, those sort of rankings are pretty much uh, pretty fluid Yep. Once yep. you get, I think the top two or three usually stand out, regardless of, but and then that that next tier down, yeah, they, they can be anyone yeah. in that sort of six places there. Um, Probably but, more. But yeah, I think India would be very happy with the uh, with the preparation they've got for the Russians visiting them in the Olympic qualifiers. Coming. I don't know who the Russians have been playing. 
I don't think they've been playing anybody from what I can gather. Uh, no. I so they might that. have a hard time at it. And that's in India, isn't it? It is. They did well. They, they did pretty well in the. Uh, uh, hang on. Get the right tournament here. The World uh, Hockey <laughs> Series. Series. Not the Hockey Series. No. What was it? That was that the last one. Yeah, Hockey Series Finals in BBI. Oh, pretty good. Yeah, they've got a couple of big wins there, but that's um, yeah, it's going to be a struggle for them there. Um, Germany the, played in. Oh, sorry, Great Britain played India too. That's right. Nil all draw. And the, the second game's actually been played as we record. And it's one nil to Great Britain. Uh, I'm going to give you a prediction. Yeah. Three three final score on that one. Okay. Do they right. play shootouts. I don't they know. They probably do. They probably know. just throw one in for the crowd. Yeah, they, yeah, they quite uh, often do for the, yeah, the practice yeah. games, don't they? Uh, Ireland beat France. Yep, 2-1 win in the men's. Yep. Good victory there. France is a good team. But Ireland we probably rank as well. And Ireland-France in the women's is coming up as well, I think, isn't it? Is that right? Uh, France-Ireland coming up two hours from now. Uh, 22 hours from now, Belgium take on India again. Uh, then India take on Germany. No, GB in the GB, women's. GB, sorry, GB women. Uh, Belgium and France. If I could take a picture up. right now, John's Japan, trying to twist, twist to get his head towards the microphone, but it means he's got to put his head even further away from the screen, so it's a bit of a struggle. That a bit of a distance for you, pups. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. We'll be more organised <laughs> after this tournament is done and dusted. We've been saying that for a year. What else yeah. we got coming up? Uh, coming up, upcoming, if we click on the upcoming tab, uh, test matches France and Belgium in Lille, uh, New Zealand are taking on Japan, that's senior men's in Stratford. Valencia is hosting Spain and Germany, senior men's. Uh, Sultan of Johor. Just around the corner, yeah, I saw yeah. the Indian squads and Well, that starts today. in, um, what, two days' time. And uh, who's taking place there? Australia, Great Britain, India, Japan, Malaysia and New Zealand, under-21s, that is. That is indeed. Yep. We've also got um, Aman playing in Pakistan at the moment. Now, from what I understood, well, it's good to see there's uh, someone touring Pakistan, international y- hockey wise. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Three games in Lahore, one in Sheikhupura, uh, two games down so far. A seven nil win to the host in game one, and a four four draw in game two. Now, what's interesting is that the the Amanis have um, arrived to great fanfare, and I'd assumed that this would be preparations for Pakistan travelling to play the Dutch in the the Olympic playoffs. Well. Um, it seems to be the Pakistan development squad that, that they're playing. That's what it says on the, the, the Pak Hockey uh, website. So um, you'd think they'd want to be get, getting the whole the whole squad tuned up, really, <laughs> if this is your, your one and only so. practice games before you head to Europe. Uh, maybe they're looking. Maybe there's a few opportunities for a couple of late bolters into the squad, and um, it's uh, a bit of a mix of full-time squad members and uh, some of the aspiring uh, junior talent. I think it's interesting the way some nations are approaching these Olympic qualifiers in the sense that you've got India, who um, there's a heavy amount of expectation on, and they're having a pretty solid hit out before their qualification. Oh, they're really going out and testing yeah, themselves, aren't they? 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 they you are. know, they've gone and found, found the opposition to, to get them right. And other nations, I think, are probably on the, uh, thinking to themselves, you know what, we're, we're pushing it uphill. We're not going to win this game. Um, we're going to turn up. And have a crack, but really? <laughs> I think a lot of the, certainly for the Australians who'd be playing the Russians down here in Perth, the, uh, uh, most of those 
players are involved in the, the brand new Hockey One League, which kicked off this week, so they'll certainly be match fit. They won't be necessarily with their squads. Although midweek they'll still be training. I know one of the New South Wales players flew in for the game on, on Saturday and flew back out on Sunday night and came back here over to Perth. I believe they'll train with the, the Hockey Roos this week and then fly out again uh, maybe Friday next weekend to, to go and play the next round of games. Let me take you through the results, John, the opening okay. round of Hockey One. A uh, couple of games played. Do we talk more about Hockey One? Oh, yeah, we'll talk, yeah, we'll talk more about we'll do a save the, the, results the, the experience. After, after Findo. We'll do a whole Hockey One segment. Okay, that. all right, cool. Yes, yeah. Findo will be coming out very, very short. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, what other news? Sultana Brand Hockey One news coming Sultana, up. Yeah. And we will be bringing you regular updates. Oh, yes, very clever. I'm Reece Smith, and you're listening to the Reversing Podcast. Hello, ho, ho. Uh, thank you very much, Reese. You are listening to the Reverse Stick. Uh, just a couple of minutes before we get on to on the Findo. Hey, got anything else that's come up newsworthy? Uh, I've got lots and lots, but I reckon we do the Findo interview, and then we can go through my long, long list. It'll, I think we, we'll do the roulette wheel tonight. Okay. Yeah, and we'll we'll pick out a subject at a time. Well, why don't we speak to him now, Stephen Finlater? Hi guys, how's it going? Oh, great, Stephen, and uh, you must be pretty excited too because you've got the EHL Knockout 16s just about to kick off. Yeah, it's uh, a new competition format this year. It's pretty exciting uh, way, way about going about it. We're going pretty much straight knockout right from day one, where it's a bit different from the last couple of years when we had the, uh, the four groups of three uh, opening up the, the competition with the round one. We've decided to go straight knockout, so that should ensure plenty of thrills and spills over the next couple of days. We've got about, uh, well, we've got 12 knockout games. We've got the KO16 on Friday and Saturday, and then we've got the KO8, the, the uh, games on the Sunday, where we've got four teams from that, and they'll go through to next Easter's uh, final eight competition. So that's the, the new format for this season. There's also four ranking matches as well for the sides that, uh, that lose out in the in the KO16 game. So plenty of hockey going on there in Barcelona in the beautiful Paranegre Stadium. Now, before we get on to who's turning up, um, you mentioned new format. Any new rules this year, Stephen? Uh, nothing particularly out of the ordinary. We're following the um, the FIH rules for this particular one. We haven't uh, introduced uh, new rules for this one. Obviously, the, the EHL is famous for introducing the self pass and uh, and, uh, and formalising the rules of taking the balls over the over the shoulder, uh, which the FIH have adopted. But for this year, we decided to stick with the, uh, the, the 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 rules that are in play and uh, and just let uh, let the hockey show itself off. We do actually have a question from one of our Patreons, Scott Edwards, uh, for you, Findo. It's, what do you reckon are the next possible rule adjustments that could be trialled, real or imagined, in EHL? Anything else <laughs> that might come up? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, it, it seems that since the EHL took on the idea of um, introducing new rules about a decade ago, since we've, since we've been running the competition since 2007, that... Uh, you know, everyone is kind of looking, looking to the competition to how it's going to innovate and how it's going to, you know, raise the game once again, you know, given how successful some of the changes in the game have been. I mean, I do think at, at times it's worth kind of marinate, letting the sport marinate. And, you know, I think we've seen that the, that the hockey, you know, even with the pro league and the Euro hockey league in the, in the last year and the Europeans, there's some absolutely sensational stuff being played at, uh, at the international and the, and the elite club level. 
and sometimes it's just about about the promotion of the game that's the uh, that the key thing to towards getting it to a, to a wider audience. Yeah. I mean, we've seen a lot of trials in uh, a lot of the other events with sort of you know five sides and uh, maybe uh, three thirds with nine players and and mixed mixed teams and stuff like that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of experimentation going on around at the moment, but at the moment we're we're happy enough just to let it marinate and uh, and uh, and show off the game in the eleven aside format that that that, uh, that we're all enjoying. There was a second part to Scott's question. He says, have you recovered from the devastation fat when you heard that Hockey Australia weren't bringing back the celebrated pump play in the Hockey One? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's not one that, uh, I, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't want to give too many of my personal opinions about uh, rule changes because the AHL board may be looking at that and uh, wanting to take it on board. But it's not one that I, I certainly enjoyed myself. Well, you, you didn't stick with it long. That's one thing. No, 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 they didn't have the pump player. They had the two goal, two goals for oh, one, didn't right. they? Yeah, yeah. Same sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the, 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 the two goals for one, yeah, I mean, I think it was, that's kind of a, it's a decent example about the, how the EHL likes to go about things. I mean, we, we did, we did very much introduce it as a trial. I think, uh, you know, we got feedback pretty much from, from the players, the fans and the, and the coaches and, and no one really took to us in, in any, in any shape or form. I think, we, well, first of all, we did most of our feedback before the the final four, which was actually the only time when it actually came into play in any meaningful manner. When uh, Javi Leonard scored a an absolute ripper of a, a reverse stick shot when they uh, let the ball go outside the uh, the five meter line of the penalty corner yeah. uh, to get the double double score. But I think that was the only time that it actually looked like it was a an exciting addition to the competition. So I think we're we're happy enough being back. It's uh, just just one for one. We're hoping for plenty of celebratory moments this weekend in the action. Do you want to take us through the games from the top? Mannheimer versus Montrouge in the opener. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think this is a, a bit of a David and Goliath one. You've got Mannheim who have, yeah, I suppose a, a, a series of superstar names in, in their lineup and uh, and a good few young German lads coming through as well. So you got Gonzalo Payas, who will always be one of the uh, the the. the Marquee names in any competition. He's he's back in in Mannheim for another season alongside his his buddy uh, Lucas Villa and Guido Barreros, who's a, is definitely a bit of a cult figure around uh, around European hockey. He, he arrived actually in Mannheim about nine years ago to join up with the club, and he's he's been a rambunctious character, but also he's kind of a fairly interesting um, kind of a fellow off the pitch. He's a yoga instructor who spent much of his summer over in India to kind of. Developing his yoga game, so to speak, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he's definitely he's definitely uh, definitely one to watch um, at, on the kind of young players coming through. Theo Henricks and uh, Rafael Harkov. They've got a, a few good young guys uh, who've, uh, who've in that lineup and uh, a very well-rounded side. They got through to the, um, the 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 final four last year and won a bronze medal, their first EHL medal, all told last year and. Uh, they still have never actually lost a game in normal time in the competition. Their four previous EHL campaigns have all been ended by a shootout at various different stages. So, wow. very, very hard to see Montrouge, uh, the French side. They're back after eight years away. Um, in their, they're coming back for their second EHL campaign. It's very hard to see them uh, making a, an impact against the German side, who are, are definitely the favourites to this one. The, the, the ones to watch for their, them are uh, uh, Javier Esmanjo who's uh, been breaking into the French team recently, and then Timothée Clément. But by and large, this is a really, really young French side. They're, uh, they've got a huge amount of teenagers in the, in the squad. This, they've announced a lot of guys, 20, 20, 21, 22, but indicative of kind of where French hockey's going at the moment, very much with uh, Paris 2024 20, in mind. 
loads of young guys with lots and lots of talent, but uh, it, this might be a, a big step forward for them this year. A big step, but great experience for them. Um, two big campaigners coming up next, um, the Dutch HGC versus England's Hampstead and Westminster. What do you think on that one? Yeah, fascinating one. I think this definitely could, could be one of the highlights of, of the first couple, first day of action. You're looking at Hachese. They've played playing in their uh, first EHL since they actually won the title back in 2011. Indeed, they've only uh, any time they've actually been in the EHL, they've ended up in the final. So it's, uh, yeah. it's uh, a pretty a pretty decent record that they have. They've got uh, one gold, one silver. Um, the last time that they were in the final as well, once Sevi van Aas was playing for them and. Uh, yeah, when they got to the final back in 2007, their coach was Paul Van Aas. It's, um, and, uh, yeah, the two of them have only just kind of come back into the fold with, with the club. And, uh, the last season they qualified again for the EHL with the two of them in situ. And, uh, yeah, so they're, they're the kind of the key elements of the, of the club. They do have a, a couple of Indian guys as well who are playing for them this season, Harjit Singh and, uh, Devinder, uh, Valmiki. Yeah. So they've got uh, a bit, bit of a, bit of quality around there. And then also Australia's Nick Budgen as well in the, in the lineup. So they've got, uh, some good quality. Hampstead and Westminster, I think we are probably right instead of the most cosmopolitan side, uh, probably in world hockey, I'd say. There's, I think, at least, uh, at least 10 different nationalities in the, in the lineup from, uh, pretty much all the, all the continents. You've got, uh, uh, Yuri van der Hayden from, uh, Brazil, uh, who's in their lineup. Kai Kepler, who plays his hockey for, for America, then Quan Brown from Trinidad, as well as your huge selection of guys from, uh, from Wales, Scotland, and England, and, and the likes. And then they've also got, uh, uh Gaston, oh, what's his name? Uh, they've got a, sorry, a Belgian and a, and a, and a German player, um, in, in their lineup for this year that have just joined the club this summer. So really, really interesting lineup. It's their first year in the EHL, but, uh, They've been producing some pretty big results in the English Hockey League in the last couple of weeks, and uh, I think they'll be quietly confident of uh, putting it up to Hachese on their in their debut match. I think the Germans and the Dutch and the English they were underway. Uh, in the next round, we've got Dinamo mm-hmm. Kazan, so we're not in the Russian season at the moment, are we? And, uh, and they're, they're up against Saint Germain from Paris. Uh, we, we we aren't really in the season. It, it actually just ended last week. Uh, so um, the Dinamo Kazan won their 14th successive uh, Russian title last weekend, <laughs> uh, just a couple of days ago. So um, so we are a little bit out of their season. It, it is actually one of the things for the Russian side that they have a real problem with the um, the Easter competition uh, because it's uh, right, obviously yeah. with the Russian winter they they haven't actually started their season yet, and so they normally come in fairly undercooked whereas they do a lot better in the October version of the, the EHL um, given that they're just out of playoffs and they're uh, you know kind of they've hit their straps at full pace so I think it's going to be interesting to see how they go they've got three Pakistani guys in their in their lineup uh, once again this season continuing kind of a fairly strong link that they have there um, so they've got uh, yeah the, the three lads there Hassan Anwar Abu Bakar and Ali Shan lining out again for them yeah I think um, Saint Germain they've met once before Four Saint Germain won back in 2008, 1-0 in their in their one previous meeting. Uh, the Saint Germain, um, yeah, they've had a, a tough enough summer. It's it's probably in, uh, another kind of thing that's going on with French hockey is that they're outsourcing a lot of their best players over to to Belgian and Dutch leagues, um, where they're pick, picking up professional contracts which uh, aren't really on offer in in France at the moment. So this summer they've seen Blaise Rougeau and uh, Kevin Mercurio move move abroad and uh, and. Uh, and so that kind of takes away some of their uh, their key talents. And so this one, I think this may not be one of the kind of um, 
marquee games in, in terms of kind of style and, and content, but I, I think it could be definitely one of the best battles of the weekend and uh, two very well matched and even, even their sides come up against each other. On to game four, we've got Surbiton from England coming up against Real Club de Polo from Barcelona, from Spain. What do you, what's your take on that one? Yeah, well, first of all, we hope that there'll be a, a big crowd here with uh, Barcelona only having to travel probably, I think it's only about 15 minutes between their home ground <laughs> and, uh, and the Pau Negre Stadium in the, in the Olympic quarter. So hopefully, uh, they, they come along in big numbers and, uh, Make, make a bit of a carnival atmosphere out of it. Uh, they've met once before in the EHL. That was back in 2014 at this very venue. And there was a 3-0 win for Polo. Polo, one of the issues that they're going to have is that the Spanish season has decided to, to go on hiatus until uh, mid-November. Uh, that's to allow for their players to prepare fully for the Olympic qualifiers. So it means that uh, yeah, they, they won't have too much club games under their belts uh, when they come up against Serbs. And they do have, obviously, some serious superstars in there. David Allegri and uh, Xavi Leon, Arte Villa Allegri and Rock Oliver, both back in the Spanish uh, training panel as well in, in recent times. So that's uh, two strong strong players there. And also Vincent Ruiz, but uh, he's got a bit of an injury, so I'm not sure if he's going to be fit in time. But I think they've got at least five or six of the uh, Spanish national squad that have been that, uh, that did very well in the, the European Championships there in, in August. So they, they've got a good quality lineup. Serbiton, meanwhile, they, I think, I think they hammered somebody there 12 nil in their latest English League match last Saturday evening. Yeah, so, uh, Brooklyn's, there, I think, uh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, Brooklyn's. Yeah, that sounds about right, yeah. yeah. And then, um, so they look like they're bang in form at the moment. And, uh, yeah, again, a, a good smattering of, uh, players from around the different, uh, different, uh, countries on, on the, on the, on the British Isles, uh, from, uh, from Scotland and Wales. Alan Forsyth, obviously, is, uh, a real marksman to, to watch out for, although they will be without Chris Grassock. He unfortunately had to announce his retirement from uh, international hockey there the other day through injury, yeah. and uh, he, he won't be around for this tournament. So I did say that on, on Chris. Is, is that a, a full retirement from hockey or just purely from international stuff? Do you know? Um, from what I could see from the announcements, it was only from uh, international hockey. I mean, whether he makes a comeback at the club level, I, I, I think it probably remains to be uh, confirmed, but I suppose. At this stage, all we know is that he won't be in Barcelona with the with the side. He's not named on their on their squad list, and uh, so hopefully, uh, hopefully in time we can see him back playing hockey in a club level or something like that. But uh, at the moment, uh, it's it, uh, he, he won't be around. Now, whilst we're in Scotland, first game of the following day is Grange Hockey Club from Scotland against uh, the club dearest to your heart, Three Rock Rovers from Ireland. <laughs> are you making first off? Are you getting over there for this one? Um, no, this is my first EHL that I'll be missing, I think, since 2014. Um, basically, uh, my wife is currently, uh, currently due her, at our second child. So, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's any day, any day now at this stage. So, uh, I think that was, a the decision was made for me that I, that I wouldn't be traveling over. So, uh, yeah, pity to miss us, but, uh, yeah, obviously, uh, more important things going on. In terms of, uh, hang on, hang on, hang, range, on a, hang on a second, Phil. <laughs> Congratulations on yeah, that. Well done. Oh, hang on. I've got to, I've got to, Cheers. I've got to um, turn something up. Where, where, where's our applause? There we go. Oh, we go again. <laughs> there we go. Just showing off the new kit. Go on. Carry on, <laughs> on, on with the Celtic battle. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 an interesting one from uh, Irish and Scottish perspectives. Neither side has ever actually, or neither country has ever won a knockout game in the in the competition. We've had. Uh, We've had Three Rock and, and, uh, Kelburn back in the day winning games in the, in the old group stages, but they've never got beyond the KO 16 round 
um, when it came to the knockout ones. There's been a few close-run things in, in recent times, most, most recently Bambridge going to a shootout against Racing Club de France. So it'll be a big moment for, for both of these, for whoever gets through in the end. Both sides are you know, quite, quite different from the sides that actually qualified them for the, for the EHL. Three Rock have nine of last year's panel uh, have moved on. Three of them gone to professional ranks over in Belgium. Uh, Luke Maley, Jamie Carr and Daryl Walsh as well as a couple of players returning to their home clubs and a couple going on to university, things like that. Whereas, uh, yeah, on Granger's side, they've got three of their key players that have, uh, have retired from last year, but uh, they've got quite a good youth section that's providing the, the guys to come through there. Indeed, the two clubs have actually they've been quite close together in, in recent times. They played each other in 2015 in the European Trophy event. Uh, three Rock won that one 3-2, but since then, Grange came over with about 40 kids from Scotland for a tournament and three up return the favour a year after so they're actually despite being in different countries they uh, yeah, they, they know each other pretty well and a uh, pretty friendly relations so it would be interesting the battle in the stands there but uh, yeah as for a form guys absolutely no idea really uh, I think Grange have won their first two games at a canter over in Scotland whereas three up lost their opening game of the season against UCD which was a bit of a surprise but then but on, on the flip side they uh they then beat one of the, the other main contenders, Bambridge, away from home 5-2. So difficult to know where they are. One of the key ones for them is James Kyriakidis, the Welsh international two-time Commonwealth Games there, has has moved to Dublin and, and linked up with them. Wonderful. Uh, right, next up, the German giant, Rotweiss Köln, taking on Beershot. Uh, what's, what's your take on this? Uh, Köln going to be too strong? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a... Uh, yeah, it's... it's on paper, you would suggest so. I mean, Rottweiss uh, uh, Köln are uh, one of the one of the giants of this particular competition. They won it in 2017. They were in the final last year when they got a yeah a, re- <laughs> a bit of a, a smash and grab from uh, the Waterloo Ducks, where Rottweiss uh, created most of the play throughout the whole game and then ended up on the wrong end of a four nil defeat, uh, conceding three in about the last whatever two two or three minutes. But uh, yeah, and uh, Bierskopf, uh, they reached the the Belgian Grand Final they, they also beat Waterloo Ducks en route to that um, so uh, you know uh, maybe they've uh, they've got something up their sleeve it's it's their very first time playing in the EHL but they do have some serious players in their lineup. you've got Arthur Deslover a 22 year old who's obviously won the World Cup and the European Championships with the with Lions you've also got uh, Lucas Rossi the Argentinian Olympic gold medalist so they've got some serious players in there and uh, yeah I think Arthur Deslover basically sort of a uh, it, when he was doing the interview pre pre tournament, was suggesting that they, they do like that underdog status. It's something that they carried through the playoffs last year in Belgium. They think they qualified as one of the, the lowest ranked sides into the final eight, but then still managed to make it through all the way to the final. So I think they're uh, really looking forward to this challenge ahead of them. Um, you, you do realise you just mi- mispronounced beer shot then, though. Beer shot. <laughs> A bit beer shot. Come on, don't, don't ruin it for me. Uh, next, <laughs> next up, two fifteen. We've got another good family club, uh, Royal Heracles, taking on SV Armenian. Yeah, Heracles. It's, uh, yeah, they've, they've got one of the most colourful fans. I think uh, some of the scenes from uh, Rotterdam a couple of years ago were, yeah, really, really showcased their club really well. And their nice uh, black, kind of a dark, dark blue and white striped tops, and then they're they're known as the Yellow Submarine. And if they do get a nice win, they do a. Uh, yeah, I really hope the cameras stay on them because they do a, a nice little uh, version of the Yellow Submarine with their fans, which uh, is something to behold. And so I, I like, I really, really like this club. They're from uh, Lear, a small, small village outside, kind of about half an hour outside of Antwerp. And uh, 
real community club. It's uh, their leader is Nico de Kerpel and his, his kind of family is embedded in the in, in the kind of the club's history and heritage. Um, his brother Thibaut is one of the kind of the, the chief cheer, uh, cheerleaders with the with the with the club. And uh, you know, for a lot of times he's you know one of the Belgian Red Lions, but he's been encouraged by other clubs going here. Look, you're never going to get anywhere at Heracles. Why don't you join one of the the bigger clubs in in Brussels or Antwerp? And he's decided to stay true to his uh, his hometown. And uh, love it. So it's it's great it's great to see that kind of stuff that uh, he's he's getting his, his chance on the stage. They did obviously reach the final four in 2018, which was a, a huge achievement for them. They knocked out a couple of Spanish sides. And, uh, yeah, I reckon they'll get through this first round against the, the Austrian champions. Armin and are, are very much, uh, yeah, they're, they're very much the kingpins in Austria for the last five or six years. But, uh, one of their problems is, is that, uh, you know, Austria is also a, a bit like France, a, a country on the rise and very much improving. But it means that some of their best players are being co-opted into the, uh, the various different leagues, mainly in Germany, but also a, a couple into, into Holland as well when they're, uh, Getting getting a bit of talent and, uh, and and a few opportunities. So like the likes of Benny Stanzel is a graduate of Ar- Armenian and he's obviously one of the one of the world's best and uh, lining out each week for Aranya Road in the Dutch league. So that's kind of one of the issues that they have to face. That each time that they do well, they're uh, they're also putting themselves in the shop window for moves further afield. And then uh, final game on the Saturday. Is that your phone going off there? Right, Ben. <laughs> How embarrassing. Um, we've got, uh, <laughs> Kampong taking on Minsk, uh, to, yeah, to ra- round out the 16. Yeah, I think, I mean, on paper, this one's the, probably the biggest mismatch of the, of the, uh, of the, of the weekend. You've got Pong who are definitely, you know, one of, well, always a contender, really. And it's their first visit back to Barcelona, the scene of their, their greatest European triumph back in 2016 when they, when they won the EHL outright. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you've still got so many, so many big names in that, in that lineup. Sandra Devine, David Hart, you know, they're, uh, they're going to be absolutely awesome prospects. You've also, uh, got the arrival of, um, Jonas Degeus and, uh, uh, Terence Peters, two, two good young lads, uh, from the, well, I mean, you're talking about Jonas Degeus, he's still 21, but I think he's already got like 50, 60, 50 or 60 caps for Holland. Terence Peters is another one of the, the big talents in Dutch hockey, so, yeah, they've, they've joined the club this year from Almir and they uh, look like they're going to be a really, really strong prospect. HC Minsk, uh, they've, you know, they've, they've done everything they can in their, in their preparations. They've won the, the Commonwealth Cup and then the, uh, the Belarus Russian Super Cup in their preparations for this, but it's not really the same as, uh, taking on a, a side packed with, uh, an international quality players from, from the Netherlands. So, uh, yeah, uh, you, you would fancy Kampong are going to win this one and win it well, but, uh, HC Minsk are, uh, yeah, I spoke to one of their players, Vlad Belasov, about uh, how they're how they're looking forward to this, and they just see it as a huge opportunity to play on the stage, and uh, will give it everything they can. They won't be uh, found wanting when it comes to effort. So then that takes us through to the knockout eight. Eight. I've got to ask the question: Is there any chance that Cole and Kampong are going to meet up? <laughs> Not this time good, round. Good. It's, uh, I suppose it's one of the there's a running running jokes, and it's got a, got a few players in, into a bit of hot water when they've, they've come to discussing this on social media about, uh, about the, um, the, uh, the, the nature of the draw. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's not possible this time around. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's always the nature of the open draw that you, you can get some, some big names against some big names early on in the competition and also some, uh, you know, maybe, uh, less heralded sides, uh, who make it through the, the, the maybe, uh, perceived easier part of the draw. But, uh, 
yeah, luckily enough, Rottweiss and uh, and Kampong won't be meeting for for a fifth successive season. Fantastic. Now, all right, so we're starting with sixteen. We're going to go down to four. Give us your give us your four, Findo. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> Come on, <laughs> I'm not too sure about that. Just pick four. Just pick them at random. Okay, I'm going to have to try and work it out now. So three rock riders. The, uh, <laughs> the, the full, full breakdown of the draw because it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's difficult to know. I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, what you're likely to get in the in the KO8, you're looking to get sort of Mannheim and Hake or, uh, uh, or Hampton and Westminster. And out of that four, it's, it's anyone's guess. I mean, you normally... Yeah, normally when it comes to Dutch v German battles in in recent times, it's been the the German side that have prevailed. So maybe I'll go with uh, with um, with Mannheim from from that particular uh, section of the draw. Next one we got uh, Kazan against Saint Germain. Is that anyone's game? As is Polo against Serbian. But maybe I think that the home the home elements will get Polo through from that from that particular area. Then. Uh, yeah, three rock rivals to yeah, beat Cole in, in the eight. What do we got? Grange against three rock. Um, whoever gets through that, I think, is going to be on the end of a, a very difficult tie in the, the next one. So I think maybe Roth Vice Cole, if they get through Beer Scott, they're probably going to be the, the third one there. And, and the other one, it's, uh, I, I'd have to say Campong is probably the, 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 the clear favourite out of that selection with Heracles, Armin, and Minsk. I'm getting on to uni, but. <laughs> you know, one of the, uh, one of the, Things that we always look forward to with the EHL is is the coverage. It's always excellent. Um, I'm hoping we can expect more this year. Yes. So, in 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 difference from the last couple of years of the kind of a scales back production of the of the early rounds of the competition, we've gone back to a, a full television production. Uh, so we've got uh, multi camera stuff. That's uh, I think we've got five or six cameras going to be there so it's uh, every single angle full video replays and uh, we've got obviously the, the commentary from the voice of the EHL Nick Irvine along with some special guests he's, he's been co-opting in a few uh, few different heads to, to offer their thoughts on the games and uh, so it's going to be a yeah a really nice production it's going to be available uh, pretty much in every, every region around the world so, uh, so so we've got 11 sports as one of our partners who are going to be doing it uh, in Belgium NOS are going to take some of the games in Holland and then for the rest of the world we've got the EuroHockeyTV.org right. website which will which will carry every single one of the, the, the games on the main pitch that's all the knockout games the 12 matches from the KO16 and the KO8 there's four ranking matches but they won't be on the, the main stadium pitch and so we won't have a stream from them but uh, now for the, for this year we're also because of the, the kind of the quality of uh, production we're looking to put out there and the, you know trying to showcase the, in the game in the best possible way there will be the introduction of a um, of an event pass of 7 euro 50 for to, to, to watch all the games through that eurohockeytv.org website and then if you just want to watch an individual match it'll be a 399 so um, yeah, that is the, an introduction for this season, but uh, we, we feel that it's a really good value for the, uh, the product that we'll be providing at the event. And if people want to catch up uh, just with the general news on the website and on the socials, where do they head? Yeah, so we got uh, yeah, we've got loads going on there. There's a, a new website, well, sorry, it's a new version, but it's still the same web address, uh, ehlhockey.tv. And then that'll give you all the, you know, if you go to the news and events section, you can catch up with uh, interviews with them. Um, a decent amount of the the, the the players are already up there, and, and you can also see the bracket and the, how the draw works out and all the all that kind of stuff. 
on all our social channels. We'll be pushing through clips of some of the, the major highlights uh, from the games through Twitter. We'll be getting pretty much all the goals and all the, the key moments through there. And then we'll have all the match highlights. We'll, we'll go up in a couple of different places. They'll go up onto the Facebook page and then also onto the org platform. And then we'll have full match replays, which will also, which will be free for you to view. They'll all be going on to the uh, EuroHockeyTV.org um, platform as well. And then behind-the-scenes stuff and uh, all, the, all the rest going on on Instagram, you can get uh, a flavour of the tournament and uh, what's going on around Barcelona. Now, the biggest question I've got to ask before I let you go, Stephen, is uh, I'm, I'm hoping to, to get into Europe around Easter time and want to go and watch some hockey. Will we know after this weekend where the Final Four will be played? Um, at this stage, uh, that's still out to tender. So basically, with the four sides that get through from the, the EHL, they'll also be invited to uh, see if they um, if they want to to be part part of the hosting uh, for the for the final eight, which will take place next Easter. That that event will be held in tandem. It's going to be an EHL women and men's competition. So we'll have a final eight in both tournaments. For the women's side, we already know that the top eight that are going to be there, and we also know the, the four of the sides that are going to be there. But to, to give the sides that get through this round uh, from uh, Barcelona a chance, if they are you know want to put in a bid to, to host it, they, they'll be given that opportunity as well. So it won't be made just uh, quite yet, but uh, we, we do intend on having it well before Christmas, uh, knowing uh, who's going to be uh, who's going to be hosting it. Well, can you just give me a call the day beforehand so I can get on with the hotel deals? <laughs> yeah, no you problem. don't. You don't have the heart to tell him that actually Perth's the winning bid, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like Eurovision. We're uh, we're taking it worldwide. <laughs> Brilliant, Stephen. Thanks so much for joining us. Looking forward to EHL Knockout 16 this weekend in Barcelona. Sorry, you can't get there, um, but thanks for joining us, and we'll speak soon, champ. Cheers. Thanks, lads. Hello, I'm Nick Irvin and you're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. And thank you, Nick Irvin, and thank you to uh, Jay, Jay Bloomfield. Thank you, Stephen Finlater, for curious... Yes, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, the font of all knowledge when it comes to Euro hockey. Thanks so much for joining us, Finda. I hope you enjoyed that. And of course, looking you'll be able to, to hit, looking forward to EHL Knockout 16 this weekend, and you'll hear the voice of Nick Irvin as well then. You will. Um, interesting move to a pay-per-view model. Indeed. Um, one that I think the sport has to embrace. And, uh, and look, seven euros? Not a lot of money. Seven, seven euros, 50. Not a lot of money. And a lot of high-quality hockey on view. Um, and... If the production is as as uh, Stephen's promised there, I don't know if he promised it, but uh, alluded to, then uh, it's it's money well worth spending for the hockey fan. And undoubtedly, it's been priced at a point where they think it's not going to put people off. And the well, more three three fifty for a single game, yeah. so you know a chance that you're it's saying two games, you're, isn't it? No, one 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 game, one game for, yeah. and then um, yeah, seven fifty for the pass, and you get all of the games except for the uh, the qualifier. Um, games on yeah. pitch two but everything on pitch one you get so um, yeah it'll be interesting to see how it goes and how the, the viewer numbers are uh, whether it puts people off or not I think it'll be a pity as hockey followers we've got to accept that that's going to have to be part of the hockey economy moving forward well I'll tell you what if it was our club that was playing there John and it was and it was in another a, a, a flight away to, to go to it and it wasn't convenient to fly then what would yeah. be 14, 15 bucks here or, yeah. you know, for, for us to watch it 
you know, you, you'd pay it, wouldn't you? Yeah, can't wait. It should be a good competition. I might try and watch a bit of it <laughs> if I get the chance. No, well, you've got lots of, lots of hockey going on yourself this weekend, <laughs> so I don't think you've got much chance of that. We'll come to that uh, soon. Okay, uh, where are we at? Oh, uh, Hockey 1. Hockey 1, all right. Let's so, go Hockey 1. Um, so run through your results first. So a couple of games played in Sydney at the Olympic Park that kicked off the weekend. The New South Wales so Pride. So through men or women first? Uh, hang on a sec. Okay. Just bear with me. I'm all over it. New South Wales Pride taking on the Adelaide Fire. Now, of course, the different Hockey New South Wales chose to go under the New South Wales banner, and they're known as the New South Wales Pride, whereas Hockey South Australia went with Adelaide, as the capital city is the name, um, and it's the same with Tasmania as well. Tas- the Tassie Tigers uh, don't take on the, the the moniker of Hobart. Everyone else is the capital city for the, for the states that are involved. So, uh, kicking off the men's competition, uh, 2-1 win for New South Wales Pride, over the Adelaide Fire. Um, all goals coming from a penalty corner. So no shootout goals. Of course, this competi- the competition this year is if you score a field goal or a penalty stroke, you get an automatic one-on-one um, for the player that scored the stroke or the, or the goal. But three corners. Aaron Hazel um, for New South Wales Pride. Also Blake Gubbers and then Lachlan Basico with the... Uh, Consolation goal, a 2-1 win for New South Wales Pride. It was a reverse in the women's fixture. A 2-1 win for the visitors, Adelaide Fire. Um, Carrie, Carrie McMahon, uh, Hockey Roo, penalty corner goal opened things up. Uh, Alice Arnott for New South Wales drew it level with a field goal. And a field goal for Mickey Spano for Adelaide Fire was enough to get the win for uh, the team from South Australia. And... Um, Interestingly, two field goals, no conversions there in that one. Uh, then we move to the ACT and the Canberra Chill taking on the Brisbane Blaze in the men's competition. And we did mention last week that we thought that despite having a fantastic goalkeeper in charter in goal for Canberra Chill, they'd probably struggle a little bit. There's that phone again, John. Uh, have you got a silent thing on that? Yeah. <laughs> you're pop- you're popular that. tonight. Um, uh, Brisbane Blaze. Very, very strong lineup there. Plenty of international experience. Corey Weyer, Robert Bow, Jacob Anderson, Jakey Wedden, uh, Tim Howard, Matthew Swan, Dylan Wotherspoon. Uh, it was a 4-1 win for the Blaze. Two, uh, two goals and a converted goal. Justin Douglas in the 41st minute got the field goal and the conversion uh, on the scoreboard for Canberra. Chill, hang on, we'll get on to goals, here we are, um, was Didler, Aaron Kershaw, uh, Joel Rintala also with a, a penalty corner, um, his specialism there for the Brisbane Blaze, Blaze to open things up. 4-1 win for Brisbane Blaze in the opening game there. Uh, in the women's game, it went to a shootout, 2-2 in normal time between Canberra Chill and Brisbane Blaze. Goals from Rosie Malone, Malone, a field goal and a field goal conversion. And from Canberra Chill, Naomi Evans, a field goal and a field goal conversion. But ultimately, it was Canberra Chill with the 3-2 shootout win there. Uh, and then finally, John, let's go to Western Australia, the Perth Thundersticks. Um, it was sad for us, you know, for the, for the home side. It was a 3-1 defeat in the women's competition. Uh, a goal. 2-1, wasn't it? 3-1. Conversion goal for Maddie Radcliffe. So, uh, oh, about 20, the last, yeah, like 30 seconds to yeah, go. Um, 2-1, and then they got that conversion yeah. thing that made no difference to the game or whatsoever. Uh, so, Captain Claire Messon opened the scoring fact, for Hockey Club. That, that is a real distortion of the result. 3-1, 2-1, which is losing in the last 20 seconds or whatever it was. Uh, well, so, it's 1-1, one, it's, it's one, one, isn't it? 
it's 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 one one at f- uh, with thirty seconds to go. Yeah, and, and then it's a but it's still a loss, you know. It's still a loss, but it gives a slightly p- distorted view of exactly how the game went. If you if I just casually say to you we lost three one, you think oh yeah well you know they were that much x amount better than you. But if you say two one oh you just lost two one with thirty seconds. to Yeah go. yeah exactly yeah. Uh, and it was a tight one in the final game of the round. Perth Thundersticks versus Hockey Club Melbourne. Hockey Club Melbourne, uh, five, four winners in the game there. Plenty of field goal conversions. Um, Tom Wickham opened up the scoring with a field goal conversion. 2-0 up. Hockey Club Melbourne, Nathan Ephraims Nathan uh, scored and then got the conversion. Then Russell Ford scored and got the conversion to put Melbourne 4-2 up. Then Trent Mitten scored and got the conversion. Uh, to bring uh, uh, Perth Thundersticks back to 4-4 and then it was man of the match I think he was man of the match certainly captain Russell Ford the veteran uh, popped up with a field goal didn't get the conversion but got the win 5-4 that was just in the 32nd minute Johnson so a hell of a lot of hockey played after yeah. that without any goals being scored at all so uh, what do you think was the general consensus after weekend one of hockey one uh, well first off I'll put the qualifier in the I watched on my phone on KO Sports um, when I went to the toilet, uh, when my wife went to the toilet. Uh, we were out in Frio. The sun was shining. Unfortunately, there was no way of getting out of it. And uh, so I didn't watch as much of it as I'd have liked to. I did put it out on Twitter to see what the feedback was, John. Um, and uh, oh, I've got some feedback here from Amarjeet Singh, actually, on Twitter. Um, aimed at you whoever tapes their sticks in 2019 that's in relation to your post a little bit earlier on about getting all of your uh, your kit ready Dave shin pads sticks what about the shorts folks it's the shorts well do you notice I wrote focus John Lee focus yeah I did do you know what that that was in relation to the photo yeah not the hockey no it was yeah no yeah your hockey WA badge was all, was all kind of wobbly that's the that's the crisp thing on your shorts there that you that everyone wants to see. You ever heard the Who song, Mary Ann with the shaky hand? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You want some feedback? I did get some feedback. Let me find the feedback. Yeah, there was. There was um, yeah, I, I put a tweet out there saying what was uh, everyone's feelings on the opening weekend. Now, um, someone we know, well, a couple of people we know, went to the games live yeah. here in Perth. Uh, one felt that it was uh, a little bit expensive for the offering uh, it was too expensive for the kids to get in and I mean little kids and uh, there was nothing for them to do nothing, yeah nothing to do no sort of additional entertainment and it seemed as though they felt as though it was um, rather than being billed as a premier event it was more like a sort of you know a, a little bit of a souped up club competition and the, and the quality of the uh, the programs were, wasn't even as good as you get in the in the local league. There was no explanation about the new rules or you know what what was going on and what the format was. So maybe some learnings there with it. Um, I think there's also uh, now I know there's a lot of room for improvement on on the broadcast. Um, Seems there were some fairly harsh comments. I didn't watch any of it. Uh, well, here's one, from jo- here's one from Jordan Wilson. Great to have hockey available to view. Love Sunday Arvo spectating from the couch. Not great that some games overlapped. Commentary was hit and miss. Not sure of camera angle, glare or uniforms, but hard to distinguish players on the screen. Commentators clearly struggled. Now, games overlapping, I totally agree. You've got six games on a Sunday. Um, you're trying to sell it as, come on guys, get your eyes on Hockey 1, and then you've got to split screen it to be able to, to, to watch the games. Um, 
there was some good work from the the boundary uh, riders, the people doing the interviews, pit sides uh, here in Perth. Uh, Kobe McGurk and uh, Grant Schubert were doing it, different people obviously across the the three venues. A lot of stuff coming out centrally um, from Caleb and Georgie in the studio, and commentary coming out of there as well. So we didn't have full commentary through through all of the grounds. Uh, you know, that's maybe something that needs to be looked at. Um, and I agree with the, you know, not sure if camera angle, glare or uniforms. I struggled to identify the players, um, on the phone certainly. And I had a bit of a look on, online with it. So I, just, I struggled with the blue fields in the middle of the day and the shadow uh, and the, yeah, and the I, sun I position. Think, uh, and for television, hockey is a far better spectacle when played at night. And I think hockey administrators have got to start looking at playing all of their prime big games under lights because it looks so much better on television than it does during the day just one of the things I also got some comments one on one conversions really had nothing for me that came from Glenn Keema. Um but uh, I also got that privately from two or three people ready to go and, and you know regardless of the result on the on the shootout um, look there's I think there's some learnings broadcast wise um, but overall Sultana brand hockey one league yes not a bad launch some some good press coverage around some good stuff happening on the medias and most importantly and I think this is this is this is important yes you couldn't get your eyes on the games um, live if you didn't have the KO Sports subscription so if you're out of Australia you had no chance of watching it but the next day uh, highlights packages up on YouTube game game replays uh, packages of all 28 goals or whatever it was of the first weekend all out and available pretty swiftly some uh some positives, um, some good hockey played, and uh, yeah, some opportunities to learn on on uh, how we produce it going forward. Well, look, uh, look forward to catching some of these games. Maybe this weekend I can sit down with my two mates and we can watch a game or two. Beautiful. This is Pumele Lambande, captain of the champion Blyde River Bunters, and you are listening to the Reverse Stick Global Hockey Podcast. You are listening to the Reverse Stick Global Hockey Podcast. I'm John Lee, the other bloke's Matt Allen, and what have we got next on the list of your talking points there, Matt, because we're going to have to wind it up in a minute. We've got a, we haven't got the roulette sound. No, we haven't. So, no, haven't Chris Grassick, retirement tick. Findo took care of that one. Uh, talking about retirement, somebody coming out of retirement, hopefully. Keely Dunn, operation on knee number two, oh. uh, happening probably about, right, about right now. Hopefully that works out, works out alright. Hoping yeah. to get to Stellenbosch for the, uh, over 45 worlds next year. Okay. So recovery starts now. Uh, Half Court Press, uh, new blog magazine coming out from our friend Teo McLeod, who's oh, yes. out in the past from the hockey family. Check out Half Court Press on the socials. Uh, what else we got here, John? Oh, also on the socials, Harborn Hockey Club back in action with Griff's Diary. Griff's Diary is oh, back. Yes. Follow Harborn Hockey Club on that one. Uh, what else we got? Oh, just um, we didn't delve too deeply with Findo into what's happening early on in the in the Euro leagues. Um, I think we're about six six games in in Germany now, and maybe four games in in in, in the Netherlands. Um, you don't have to search for it, John. You don't have to dig deep into Dutch language um, <laughs> websites. Your office, yeah, at least once a week. Um, video links for the goals and that. Put your eye on what on the uh, in the English leagues. Galvanised hockey. Uh, Monday night hockey is back. We've got two or three episodes Excellent. up there already. So get onto YouTube and search galvanised hockey. Also, uh, whilst on England, very quickly, 
new podcast from Top of the D. I think there's a chat with one of the guys from Surbiton uh, there this week. Of course, this week was the week that was International Podcast Day. 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 Yeah. Thanks for those that retweeted uh, all of the great hockey podcasts that are out there. Keep on talking hockey. Keep talking hockey, John. We're talking hockey. Right, what else is on my <laughs> list here? Um, Harborn. Done Harborn. Oh, Quan Brown. Quan was mentioned playing for Hampson and Westminster yeah. this weekend. Just taken on a new role as GB assistant coach. Oh, good luck. So, um, sort of moving up through the ranks in the coaching world and uh, lovely guy. Um, now retired from international hockey. Yeah. Until the next, next time. Yes. Uh, that's almost it for me, John. I really? think that's almost it. Um, one more thing is, uh, oh, check out an article on, you'd like this, John. You, in fact, you really like this. This is on the national.scot, um, by Patrick Joyce. Um, talking about some of, well, certainly the lack of, um, interest shown in Scottish hockey from BBC Scotland and uh, how they could do a little bit more work on that considering the, the stellar sort of 12 months or so that Scottish hockey have had. Um, check this out. The, uh, the difference in funding between England hockey and Scottish hockey. Scottish hockey have uh, spent just over 553,000 um, in 2018 on all of its international squads. Uh, UK Sport have provided English hockey with over £17 million for the four years to run up to Tokyo. Um, and we wonder why, John, there's so many England players are on those full-time contracts with GB hockey. I wonder why... Oh, look, there's the outro. We'll have to play that again. I wonder why, <laughs> I wonder why England would have to get Olympic funding. It's for GB, mate, isn't it? 40, 40 yeah, men and 40, 40 women, uh, both on full and part-time contracts. Um, but of, of uh, all of the England squads are in, in those groups. But for Scotland, only... Well, it was Alan Forsyth, Chris Grassick, Amy Costello and Sarah Robertson. Counted as three now. Anyway, we will see you next That's week, ladies and gentlemen. We uh, John, yeah. uh, good luck, mate. Yeah. Debut I'm tomorrow. Watching. Yeah. Looking forward to it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I think I'll be a bit rusty the first game because it's been a hectic couple of weeks. Well, so. I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to the updates. We can't wait to bring them to you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thanks for joining us. Show 114. We'll see you next week. Oh, I'll see you, see you next sure. week. I don't know about him. I won't be. No? No, but seriously, you, you, are you nervous? What, what are your thoughts? Honestly, you, so look, I no, haven't no, put, had time to think about think, it. Just yet. think about this. Think about this. Tomorrow, in 15 or whatever hours, I didn't know, all right, 20 hours or so, you will be making your state debut for Western Australia. Yeah. At, what, 32 years old? 52. Okay, 52 years old. It's close. Um, mate, that's special. It is. It's special. But in in half an hour's time, yeah. I'm going to be at work. Oh, <laughs> um, have they started calling you the hippie yet? Not, not to my face, but I reckon it's coming. Hashtag, he's the hippie. Look, if you're down there, Bunbury, Bustleton, check out yeah, Over55DV2s. Go and say hello to John. He'll have, he'll have a sound recording device as well. So if you want to talk hockey and make an appearance here on the reverse stick, make sure you grab hold of him. Give him a little black can and he'll, he'll sit with you for hours. Now... I'm going to leave you with a Ferrari while away. Just don't speed and don't go around corners too fast. Who knows what could happen next week.